Welcome to Changeboard's Future Talent Podcast, our series of exclusive interviews with senior business leaders and thinkers to uncover their perspectives on the changing world of work. I'm Jim Carrick-Burtwell, founder and CEO of Changeboard. Make sure to leave a review and subscribe. The Future Talent Podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm joined by Richard Doherty, Senior Director of Product Marketing for EMEA at Workday. A pioneer in cloud-based recruiting and talent management solutions, Richard is a respected thought leader on people analytics and emerging technologies within human resources. In this podcast, I ask Richard about the disruptions technology is causing in the people function and wider business, how the use of AI in the UK compares to other regions in the world, and ask for his predictions on how technology will change our future working lives. I've been working in uh, HR technology for the last, let's see, so since 2001, so 18 years. So, and prior to that, I'd I'd lived and worked in Germany um, for a few years for another software company, but outside of um, HR. But then in 2001, I helped start up a new new company that was focused on recruiting solutions. Um, And I stayed with that company all the way through to its eventual sale in, in 2012, and we'd expanded out to talent management solutions, and I had a variety of roles there, but obviously throughout that whole time engaging very closely with um, with HR, with the recruiting department, with talent. And then ultimately I ended up, ended up spending time at uh, companies called Taleo and, and, and Oracle, which you know a very large software company. And then ultimately when, when, when the opportunity came to join Workday just over four years ago um, within the product marketing function, which is all about trying to understand what are the the hot topics of the day, what are the challenges that HR are facing and, and how, how can Workday help those organizations rise to those challenges and, and, and thrive um, in, in what ca- you, know, you may describe as potentially difficult times of, of, of rapid change. So I'm very much focused on HR across the board from you know, sort of hire to retire, that's my remit. Um, and very much uh, yeah, my perspective today will be yeah, very much from the technology perspective and the implications of technology for HR, for the workforce, and more generally, you know, for the future workplace. You mentioned some of the hot topics, particularly in HR. You were at our conference recently, and the theme was humanity and technology. One of the key things we wanted to explore was what is the nature of the disruptions that are happening in business, but specifically in the people function as, as a result of technology? Well, so if we if we sort of look back you know technology has been a constant for for quite a while certainly during my working life and it's you've seen our working lives have have been transformed significantly you know from when when i remember my first job back in 1990 you know to where we are now that the change has been dramatic um but up until recently technology has been used to effectively optimize existing processes make things more efficient um, so it hasn't necessarily really significantly changed the way we do things. Mm-hmm. The process has kind of been the same, but it's been you know, automated, made more effective. Um, but now, with the introduction of you know, AI, we couldn't really have a podcast like this without talking about AI. A- AI really is um, going to drive the next generation of uh, enterprise technology, HR technology, and, and that's going to shape the workplace that's going to shape how people uh, collaborate how they work now when we talk about ai 
we're really talking more specifically about machine learning. So we're not really talking about robots replacing us. We're talking about machine learning. And you know, what's machine learning? Well, machine learning is effectively boiling it down predictions. And those predictions are based upon analyzing very large volumes of data that as humans we wouldn't be able to process. So spotting patterns in that data to make predictions to help people make better decisions. Now, there are various ways that next generation of, of, of technology is going to impact uh, people. So, um, you know, it's going to augment, you know, if I'm a glass half full kind of guy, it's, it's going to augment people. So it will, it will take away a lot of administrative roles for sure, I think. For example, chatbots, which are based upon uh, machine learning and natural language processing, you know, where you, you type in a question and the bot answers. You know, that from a shared service center, from a HR service center perspective, that's going to take a lot of the workload away uh, from those uh, from those types of roles. Is that going to create redundancy? A lot of people see it as another version of a cost reduction exercise. Is it just that? Well. You know, I mean, I suppose some organisations could go that road. Um, but I suspect it's more likely going to mean that roles will change. And I think later on we're going to talk about the learning and the need to continuously learn. So it will force change on people and it will require people to learn new skills um, and move into new jobs. And when I say new jobs, I mean jobs that don't exist today, t totally new. Let's look at that now. Take chatbots that can automate a lot of customer service functions. What are the new roles people are going to have to learn to work alongside that? I, th I think there's, um, you know, the work is going to be, you know, the, the more humdrum, you know, um, how many days holiday have I got left? Uh, you know, that type of, of work that really is, you know, I don't think particularly rewarding to anyone, that, 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 will, that will disappear. But I think the more, you know, if you, if you look at um, organisations now and... You know, we've, we've been talking about the war for talent for years, for oh goodness knows, since 2000. Um, but, you know, now with the, with the rate of change from a technological perspective for our organisation in terms of competition, in terms of, you know, if we're in a, an established organisation and, uh, you know, we're, we're being attacked from all angles by, you know, very small startups with apps that can do what we do much more efficiently. Our organisations are having to become ever more agile. Um, and what I mean there is they need to um, create structures, have the right people in place, have the right processes in place to be able to innovate continuously, to be able to you know, uh, not only survive but thrive. You need to be spinning off new digital products, new digital services. Um, otherwise, you, know, you can go the way of you know, Blockbuster or you know, uh, sort of HMV or you know, Kodaks. Kodaks you know, if, you don't, if you don't, and you can't just innovate once and stop, you know, that's not now that you, you have to keep innovating and you know I know organizations you know like say say a, you know a Dyson you know they are they're, they're innovating all the time and most of those are you know, but they, they, they want to fail quickly um, so they may you know have a, a thousand ideas but only one of them actually ends up being a product um, no, but the, going back to the point the point is you need um, it's the skills that organizations need. It's, they need to be able to developing those skills, have, uh, and, and skills are changing. So some skills are becoming obsolete. New skills are arriving. Um, you, have, you, have, you have, you know, uh, uh, pieces of work within an organization. You could call it an internal gig. You, how do you match? How do you find the right worker 
to, to, to execute on that, on that work? How do you do that quickly? How do you move people around your organization quickly? So I think there's going to be from a, you know, if we think of those shared service center jobs, which are very much admin focused, there's, there's going to be a, a massive focus from HR in terms of developing skills within the organization, move, you know, creating that structure and culture within an organization which supports this, this need to be agile and, and, and continually innovate. And you know, people are, are going to become even more important in the future. You know, you, th this, you know, this new wave of technology, this AI and you know, RPA, robotic process automation, all these, these innovations that are, are you know, tsunami of innovation that's, that, that's you know, washing over us, actually means I think that people are becoming even more important if I may, there's an example um, from uh, the 90s when um, ATMs, so the cash machines, were, were, were introduced in, um, and there was a study done on this, some research, um, in the US uh, in the 90s. And, and, and basically, that was the, the decade when the number of cash machines really sort of exponentially increased. And the, the assumption was that you, incre you, you introduce a cash machine, you get rid of a cash teller. Um, but actually, the data doesn't show that. The more cash machines that were introduced, the more cash tellers actually who were employed. So what was going on there? And this goes back to your first, your, your question about does it mean redundancies? Um, in that example, what happened was uh, the banks realized that actually they could open more branches at a lower cost because they required fewer people per branch and that allowed them to get close to the customers. And what they al also did was, because they had more branches, they needed more cash tellers overall, but also they changed the role of the cash teller a little bit. The cash teller became more of a sort of a customer advisor, or you know, and then also under the covers looking to cross-sell and upsell other financial services to the customers. So in that example, a technology that you would have thought would have completely replaced a function actually ended up, you, you had more of that type of person. So you know, if you it's look at example. this from that perspective, I mean, I think some jobs will, you know, will fade away, but that's happened forever, right? You know, that's that's just a, that's so a constant, exactly. But I think, and lots of new roles will appear. I don't have a my crystal ball, so I don't know exactly what they'll be. But I think there'll there'll be a, this renewed focus on, not renewed, increased focus on 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 talent talent mobility, focusing on the employee, providing that employee with a, with a very positive experience to ensure that you retain and attract the best and you know, all those sorts of things. Well, maybe if we can pick up on that, um, that sense of employee experience, because I know that's one of the central things at the heart of uh, a, a lot of what technology is trying to achieve, um, certainly from, a, from an HR people function perspective. Uh, and I'm keen to understand what that means in reality. If you could paint a picture of um, uh, an increase and a focus from an organizational perspective, a strategic perspective on employee experience. What does that mean? So, I mean, this is this is one of those red hot topics, and um, I'll give you two perspectives. One is that as an employee of Workday, um, you know, which has been voted one of the best places to work, um, and I'll talk a little bit about my my employee experience personally here. But then I'll also talk about what we're doing from a technological perspective to help provide that positive employee experience for our for our customers because I think technology does have a, a big role to play in that so from my from my perspective you know um, so the employee experience it's about 
creating that positive culture. It's about having a value, having strong values within the organization and living by those values. It's also about, um, you know, being consistent. So during, you know, from, from when you're, 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 you're pushing your brand out to market, you're attracting candidates in through the recruiting process, through the onboarding, through, you know, um, through your, your career, through the opportunities that you have within your organization, it's being consistent in terms of, of, uh, of the message throughout that life cycle. I also think that you know, we're doing things like, um, you know, we've dropped the, the annual performance appraisal uh, here. We've moved to more regular check-ins. It's all about empowering the employees here. Um, and then also as well, you know, it's, it's employees, we have a voice, so we're surveyed here. Again, using Workday, of course, every every Friday. Could expect nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> every Friday, you know, I get, I get a survey on my phone through the Workday app. Just two questions about my employee experience, and there's I think they for that week. For that week, to, and each 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 Friday, the questions change, um, and they actually map onto the um, survey questions that the the organisation Great Places to Work use. Um, and the HR team, they aggregate the answers over a 20, I think it's 20, a half year. And then each manager gets a dashboard and then they can see how well they're doing as a manager. Um, because there's a massive focus here on the value of the individual contributors within, within Workday. Now, um, in terms from a, from a technological perspective, so we, from the employee exper experience perspective, it's about, um, I think, how do you um, empower the employee with uh, access to the information and to tools uh, that make their working life easier? And yeah, the, a, a big issue with HR systems in the past has been no one wants to use them because they're of no value to me. You know, it's only of value to the company. Um, but we, you know, we're, we're, we're turning that on its head, you know, with workdays uh, certainly, and we're using, guess what? We're going to be using uh, machine learning to help us with that. And the key thing here is it's about personalising the experience. So if you think of HR systems, um, they're just you, you know, you, you have a home page and you just have a, a series of icons that you can access, you know, timesheet or you can access your payslip or you can access a a screen to book your holiday, it's kind of very fixed. And when you compare that to your c consumer life where, you know, it's a much more interactive, personalized experience, you know, the enterprise is definitely lagging. And what we're working on at the moment is um, a much more personalized experience. But that personalized experience, again, will, will be based upon these machine learning algorithms that will be analyzing the underlying data. And it, w and it will, for instance, it will, um, it will uh, uh, understand seasonality. So it will know at certain times of the year you'll be doing certain types of transaction from a HR perspective. Uh, it will also know what kind of um, information or, you know, it will know you're a manager, so it will start pushing information about, oh, did you know uh, Bob and Sue are, are celebrating their second year anniversary? Um, and then you'll be able to, to directly congratulate them. And so it's, and, and, you know, and, and so it's, it's about providing that rich contextual content. And the other thing as well is, um, most companies have like you know, have a plethora of different systems, and, and you know, you've got your policies over there, and you've got your time book holiday booking system here, and your pay slips over there, and employees really just don't know where to go. Um, so we're, we're we're pulling all of that together um, so that you know it becomes a one-stop shop. So even if those policies are somewhere else, 
you'll be you will be able to search for those policies from within workday so it's again it's about simplifying the experience because it can be very frustrating i think as, as employees when you just you just don't know where to go to find something you know? absolutely so are the if you like the applications that are coming into the workplace um packaging technology uh, are being taken up so in a way you don't have to sort of double think what do we need to do the system does that for you and i i guess i'm interested in um how advanced are we in the uk and europe compared to I mean, workday is a u.s company is is are the applications the same is the u.s ahead of us are there learnings from there or are we pretty much globally moving at the same pace i think um so so I've I've recently read a, a book called um, Prediction Machines, which is all about the the the, the economic impact of AI. Um, and there, um, I think you know China is is ahead. It would it, you know China and the US are definitely you know blazing a trail. But the UK is one of those countries that that is um, quite far ahead in in adoption. I mean, the point you raise there is quite interesting. So, you know, ca- most companies are not going to be able to to build these algorithms, right? And certainly not for a HR application. You know, I was, I was on a, uh, at a CIPD uh, round table on, um, uh, I think it was analytics actually, and, and, uh, and uh, one of, one of, one of uh, coincidentally, one of our customers was there, Aviva. And, uh, you know, they have, basically they're a, they're a data business, right? Insurance is a data business. And they have um, 600 data scientists uh, in Aviva. Um, which is a lot of data scientists, um, and f- but they have five of those data scientists working on HR problems. They're trying to identify, you know, generate insight from um, from all that data that they're holding the employees and so on. But realistically, most companies don't have six hundred data scientists. You know, they're lucky if they've got one, right? Quite and that one data scientist is probably focused on something to do with the customer. So I think the responsibility of of companies like Workday is to, is to package up this functionality uh, to make it more accessible to democratize access to it because you know everyone needs to be have access to these these advanced tools you know this next generation of um, HR tools and that's that's what we're seeking to do so we're just we're just packaging it up you switch it on uh, and, and then you know the, the, the one really important thing is you need data for AI for machine learning if you haven't got the data you can't train the algorithm um, so you can't, you know, so you can't really do ML. Um, and the great thing that we have, you know, at Workday, you know, not wanting to be an advert, but, you know, but, but for getting Workday, you need to get all of your data in one place. So if you have multiple systems, as I said earlier, one for you know, payroll, one for time tracking, one for what, you know, whatever it may be, talent, performance, you're going to struggle to actually reap any benefit from this next generation because your data is spread out and it's almost impossible to combine. And is that at the heart of, does that, I'm imagining that affects how quickly uh, an implementation or indeed a transformation can take place within an organization. Once they decide, okay, we need to upgrade our systems, we need to embrace um, these new technologies, new applications, um, uh, I, I wonder how good are HR at asking the questions that they need to ask of the data, or is that something that, in a sense, you provide for them? Um, I think that we we will help them with a number of those questions, but we'll also provide them with the capability to start asking their own questions. So, for instance, um, 
we'll provide dashboards um, um, around retention analysis. So there's, there's predictive analytics built in there, so the system will um, make predictions around you know, which high performers it thinks may be at risk of leaving. And it's based upon, I think, f 45 different data points on the employee record, and, and it needs, I think, you know, uh, one to two years' worth of, of, of data to be able to train that algorithm. And it will just um, flag a warning and say, you know, we think, you know, Bob or Sue are at risk of leaving. These would be the top three reasons why. Um, but then as well, we provide the tools where you can actually start doing, you know, data discovery yourselves. So it's, it's you know, exploring that data to try and understand what are the key patterns. But actually on that point, something we're releasing later this year, which is pretty exciting actually, is um, in the area of augmented analytics. Um, and what uh, does that mean? Well, yeah. So <laughs> this is yeah, so. So this is this is really quite clever. So we acquired actually a company um, in Czech Republic, in Prague, um, last year called Stories.bi. Quite a small company. Um, I think I don't know how many. Maybe about twenty of them. Data scientists. They had some great IP and technology, and we're weaving that technology into into Workday at the moment, and it'll be released towards the end of this year. But augmented analytics. So. One of the criticisms you could have for Workday is we actually provide too much analytics, too much insight. So as a business leader, as a manager, you could you have this array of all these metrics. It's kind of like, well, which one should I be looking at? Which, you know, so what companies have done in the past is you try and have some traffic lighting. So you have, a, you know, if it's red, oh, I need to look at that. But the, the, you know, the, the, the decision to turn that metric red has been hard-coded. So you might just say, okay, if this metric is between you know 70 and 90 percent or whatever it may be it's red if it's below 70 but above 50 it's it's amber and so on but that's hard coded and what if i've got a dashboard that's all red which one should i look at so augmented analytics uses and i've written this down so i'll remember <laughs> um four different analytical techniques to basically decide which which metric to push to you that's so it's telling you which metric you should look at so it's using what we call pattern detection, which is to try and understand movements in metrics that are important. It uses graph processing to 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 uh, establish connections between different metrics, which again, there's just too much data. We would never be able to do that as humans. It then uses machine learning to identify you, your role, your company, which metric it thinks will be important to you. So for instance, you know, would it be a a leadership diversity metric, or would it be a time to hire metric that actually is going to be more important for you based upon the relationships between the different metrics and so on? And then finally, it uses natural language processing to it, so it pushes the metric to you, but then also using normal, normal language, it, it seeks to explain why that metric is behaving in the way it is. So imagine that it's no longer you're going in and having to decide which report to run, the system will start pushing to you based upon all that clever analytical stuff under the covers, which metric it thinks you should look at. And then we're going to expand that out. So we're starting with people analytics, and we're going to expand that out also into the finance side of the house, so financial metrics and so on. So that, that's a very that's a very exciting area. That sounds, that sounds right at the kind of forefront of what's going on. And what, what again, layman's question, um, but I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, you know, senior HR folk that, that have a, 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 a non-technology background. Um, what's the difference between augmented analytics that you've just described and predictive analytics? Yeah, so um, so augmented analytics is, is just seeking to decide, the machine decides which metric you should look at and tries to explain why it's behaving in that way. 
predictive analytics is looking at very large volumes of data, seeking to identify patterns in that data and then make predictions about the future. You know, if you, if you think about, you know, reporting, when you look at any report, like a headcount report or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, that's, and this is an analogy that's been used by many people, that's like, you know, driving, driving down the road, driving down the road, but only looking in your rear view mirror. You're not actually looking at what's coming. With predictive analytics, we're looking to actually help you see what's coming down the road. So you'll be looking in the rear view mirror, but you'll also be looking down the road. Um, and the thing is, at the moment, because we've now got so much data, we've got so much processing power, more than we've obviously more than we've ever had before. Our ability with technology to make more accurate predictions is ever increasing and getting better and better. And you can see that with, you know, with self-driving cars with Tesla. That's those are that's all predictive analytics, right? Um, it's analysing huge volumes of data to make decisions in terms of okay, there's, there's a bus there. What do I need to do? There's a pedestrian there. What you know? It's just make that self-driving cars are just predictions. Mm. That's really interesting. And and uh, in terms of the relationship between HR and so HR analytics and business analytics, um, obviously there's a there's a, an awful lot of different metrics going on within the business. Um, and, and one of the challenges um, for HR functions, for people functions, is to make sure that they are becoming highly commercial um, and are aligned with the, the key metrics of business performance, business strategy. Um, are, are you seeing that? Do you know, does the technology support HR in its pursuit of that alignment? I mean, I mean yes, absolutely. So if you look at our strategy as a company... So from day one, we've, we've been developing finance and HR applications So um, in a single solution. So we call it the power of one. So already our cust customers who've, who've signed up for and implemented both HR and finance, they have the, fi the people data and the money data, if you like, all in one place. So you've already got that connection between the people and the money, and you can report on that. The next phase was we, we've, we developed... Um, what we call Prism Analytics, which is a, an a, analytical element or part of the platform, which allows companies or facilitates the ingestion of data from other systems, and that, you know, that that that's taking off. You know that the the, the market reaction to that has been extremely positive, and we've got lots of use cases now where organisations are looking to pull in data from customer service applications, sales applications, you know, whatever it may be, and pull that data into the HR system in this instance to combine with the people data um, to provide you know that that strategic insight because I think as we said earlier you know, people are going to become ever more important to business performance and success so you know we need to take those general business metrics and marry them up with the people data to understand for instance what impact has such and such a learning program had on customer service or you know whatever it may be um, so, so yes, there's, 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 and, and the interesting thing is what we're seeing is people wanting to pull the data into the HR system rather than pump the HR data out into a third-party reporting tool. And obviously that, a lot of that's been driven by GDPR, right? You, yeah. you, you know, you spend all that time and money and effort securing that people data in your HR system. As soon as you let it out of that HR system, you've lost control. 
Um, so, so basically, organisations are looking at saying, well, we don't really want to do that. Let's if we if we want to combine our people data with other business metrics, let's bring those other business metrics and data into the HR system. So that's something that we've been working on um, to, to just to make easier for mm. our customers. I could talk and talk. There's so many things I'd like to ask you, Richard, and maybe we can continue this conversation. Um, but as a as a, a concluding kind of uh, question or two, um, I, I'd really like to pick your brain. Clearly, you're someone that's immersed in technology, and I know you read a lot around the subject as well. Um, uh, if you were kind of looking ahead to um, uh, what, if you like, our experience, our human experience is going to look like in, you know, it might be five, ten years time. What are some of the sort of nuggets from, from your own personal experience that have that have jumped out that, that make you think, do you know what, that's going to be that's going to be really significant. Uh, we had we had a guy called John Mattick speaking at our conference about genomics, and I know tons of people were engaged with that because it was, you know, personalized medicine, um, you know, biometric data, being able to, you know, empower people in ways that, that they couldn't really imagine. I don't know if you've got any things that jump out. And, and the, the second question is any things that you've read that you'd recommend? Um, so, yeah, I mean, gosh, crystal ball time. This is great because you can say whatever you like. And exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I, th I think, um, and which is probably quite uncomfortable for me personally, you know, I, I've always been an employee. Um, I think that concept of being an employee is going to change dramatically. I, you know, I, I, you know we, we're already seeing this concept of you know organizations having an extended workforce to try and get things done and as skills become more scarce in certain areas that's going to become ever more important for organizations that you know they can't just hire people they're going to have to um, you know tap into contractors freelancers maybe you know kind of gig workers you know we, we assume gig you know at the moment we think of gig workers as being you know uber drives and so on but I think that's going to move up the food chain so I think I think that whole dynamic of how we work, how how we are employed, will 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 will, will change dramatically. Um, it's the hundred year life. It's yes. uh, you know Linda Gratton, Andrew Scott's work. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what's for sure is that um, you know the workplace as we know it now is, go is going to dramatically change. I mean, I think, um, and the technology that we use is going to become you know s you know ev ever more intelligent. Um, you know, you've even got things like from a time tracking perspective, people walk into an office and. There's a camera, facial recognition, it clocks them in. So, you know, um, all quite scary stuff in a way. I, th I, think, I think what's going to become particularly important is that we, would, we, we will all need to have a lot of trust in who we work for in terms of what they, how they're managing our data, what they're doing with our data, and so on. Because you, you do hear some quite, quite scary stuff coming out, say, from, say from, the in from the US, for instance, where, you know, they're starting to chip people and things like this, you know, which are, you know, not my cup of tea. Um, I mean, uh, as it's it's related to that, but blockchain, we haven't touched on blockchain. Um, but my understanding of that is that it's in the sort of the plumbing stages at the minute. It's a bit like when the Internet was invented. Yeah. There weren't applications that, that sat on top of it, so no one could access it. Uh, and blockchain's kind of banded around, but not that many people understand it. But from, again, my perspective, it's uh, once the plumbing's done then the applications that sit on top of that will support privacy 
um, data control in a way that yep. we currently, it feels very Wild West. Yep. We entrust our data to goodness knows how many systems just for convenience, um, but we have absolutely no idea what's what's being done with that data. And, and, and it's just dawned on people, I think, in the last couple of years, the implications of that. Do you think blockchain is going to lie at the heart of that? Um, yes, I think, um, you know, so this concept of this distributed, uh, you know, ledger and, and you having control and it, the data in that ledger is verified, um, I think, and you can control access to your data. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be, you know, we've got people looking at blockchain, obviously, and, um, you know, looking at it from a, a HR pers perspective, you know, one of the obvious use cases to me is, is in, in the area of recruiting and it, verifying people's qualifications and things like that. So, I mean, that's going to have a massive disruptive effect. I would have thoughts on sort of background checking and so on, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that should become a much simpler process, right? You know, um, your university qualifications, for instance, will be in your blockchain. They'll be verified. They'll be provided by the university that way, where you studied or, you know, whatever it may be. Any certifications you may have would have come from those institutes. They'll be, you know, verified in, in, in the blockchain. So um, I think it's going to have, you know, big, big impacts in that area. In terms of when you actually become an employee and, and um, organizations, you know, storing records on their employees, I'm not sure what impact that will have there. The only thing you might want to have is like some kind of, potentially in the future, some kind of portable profile. So whereby as an employee moves from company to company, mm. they can take that data with them. Yeah. But that would be a bit of a change in terms of how organizations, what they do. But, my, I but mean, it, shifts my with, it fits in with the power base that you're fitting, relying more with the employee and then being more yes. essentially a gig worker yes. who can you know, uh, allow their experience and their knowledge and their networks to be leveraged by an organization for particular tasks, projects, periods of time, yep. but they ultimately own those. It's their data, and I mean, and also as well, of course, that's very well aligned with you know the directives from GDPR. You know, it's my data. You know, and unless you have a legal requirement, you know, I can ask you to remove that data, you know, or share it with me, or whatever it may be. So, so yes, um, I think yeah, I, th I, th I think blockchain is definitely going to. It's in a, a early stages, I think, uh, certainly within. Uh, enterprise HR applications, but there's a, there's a lot of investment and work going into that at the moment. The, the, I mean, the funny thing is, you've got it's like kind of like a VHS and Betamax type discussion. So you've got lots of companies building blockchain profiles, but which blockchain profile am I going <laughs> to go with, right? You know, and and uh, you know, I'm assuming that at some point one will dominate, and then we'll all have our profiles in that blockchain provider, if they, for want of a better better word. But how is that how is that going to shake itself out? And would, would you need to pay for this? Probably not. But, you know, typically when we haven't paid for a service, that's because we've been giving away our data, yes. right? So, so, so how, how is that going to work? And so it's a very interesting area, yeah. Very good. Yeah. And, and I, I, I touched on, alluded to, to, to books. Any, yes. any books that you've read recently or that you'd recommend that you found, you know, I guess from a, a professional perspective in this area that we've discussed particularly kind of insightful yeah. well so there's, there's two i'd recommend one i've one i've finished and one i'm, I'm halfway through so i mentioned it earlier prediction machines um, we talked about the economic impact of ai and it's basically you know it's it's actually quite reassuring if you're worried about you know we're all going to be replaced by robots and you know, have to sit at home watching tv all day 
Um, and, it, and it does explain that AI is basically predictions, and it, and it gives lots of really nice use cases and examples, which, which, which kind of helps to, to solidify what it, you know, in your own mind what it actually means and, and what, what, what's it all about. And it's written by you know um, academics, um, but it's but it's an easy read, so that that's a really good one. The other one, which I'm halfway through, which is a really uh, probably I'm enjoying it even more, is called um, AI in HR. Um, so if you just I can't remember the authors, but if you search on that on Amazon, they're, they're, they've got it. And that that's talking specifically about the implications that AI will have on HR, on the role of HR, on how HR is organised. On the employee experience, um, so that's a really good, a really good book. And um, just one one example that I read um, a couple of nights ago was it was uh, um, uh, around the use of chatbots, and you know how people, you know, there's this perception that, that people want to talk to people, um, and they 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 gave the use case of an organisation that's using chatbots to for the for the reporting for where employees report uh, harassment cases. And apparently people, the, the, the research shows that people actually would much rather report that to a chatbot than to another person because that chatbot is not going to judge you, you know, so it makes it easier to do that initial. So, so, so th but that's a really good, and so if you're in HR and if you want to, s want to sort of have a, have, a, have a think about what's HR going to look like in a few years' time, that's a really good book. Excellent. Yeah. Richard, thank you so much for your time and for sharing some of those insights. Um, it's been great to have this chat. Thank you. My very first, I think, proper podcast, Jim. So uh, I hope that was okay. And thank you for having me. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. To hear more podcasts like this, make sure you subscribe to the Future Talent Podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to bringing you another Future Talent Podcast very soon. Bye.